I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. This podcast may contain horse language. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. Misty here. How is everyone doing? We're glad you made it. This is a very special episode. This is the final episode of season 5. 22 episodes in the can. And also, this is our favorites of 2022 rundown, the 10 films we enjoyed the most last year. Welcome to Flick Smacks, and without further ado, here are your hosts, Scott and Terence. The pod that rocks your bod. Is it my intro? Is it my intro yes, this it is. week? It's your intro. Oh, because it's an even number. It's an even number, so that's your intro. Plus, it's your theme, so that means it's your intro. Well, it's technically both our themes. But hi there. Yes. Hi. hi. This is uh, this is Flick Smacks, um, the pod that rocks your bod. And uh, I'm Terrence. I'm one of your hosts. And with me is this guy. It's me, the other host, who you know and love. And touch yourself while listening to what um what it's the tired the tiredness is kicking in already this is scott um there will be no imposter today i've uh, dealt with him um he's been tied up and hopefully he will remain secured yes yes so this is the real scott this is the real me Mm -hmm. i will not be making any fraudulent jokes to bamboozle anyone this week with right, false right. information or maybe i will maybe I well, there'll be no by the way this is fake, this is the last episode of season five season five episode 22 so anything goes tonight i think anything yes. goes tonight whatever yeah so what's what's the since it was your theme or our theme what is the theme well we're finally getting around to episode 22 the best of 2022 our favorite movies, maybe not necessarily the best movies of the year, but our no. favorites. Because this podcast selected. is about our favorites, not the best yeah. things. Yes. Not the worst things, the things if, we love. And if you don't like them or love them, who gives a shit? Again, yeah. these are our this lists. Is a, this is an opinion-based uh, podcast, not factually based. So, And if you don't like them, by the then jokes stop that listening. I make. Yes. Yeah, go to hell. Yeah, stop listening. Or create oh, yourself. Don't go to hell. We love you guys. Yes. Or or get better taste in movies. Or create a watch list and educate yourself. Or bing bang boom. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yes. About that. You know. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm just trying to mess so, with my volume a little bit here. There we go. Okay, you do that. Oh, I like that. I got a whole Ooh. new setup tonight. I went and bought a new desk riser. More organized. I got my new interface. I'm using a 
new to the podcast microphone, a Shure 58 um, standard beautiful mic. It is. And it's Scott's sexy. using the same snowball he always uses. Snowball. I am. Right? Yeah, it's a snowball. It's a blue. 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 It's funny. Mine, to- mine is snowball is blue brand and your microphone head is blue. It's just this the microphone sock though. Yeah. Silver like sock. Like to put sock on your cylind- cylindrical things. I used to use a blue Yeti, but it died. It oh. started to not work, so Okay, well, I'm glad we got all that out of the way. Well, hey, we're it's last yeah. episode of the season, so whatever. Yes. Whatever you Yes. Want. Okay. So, um Personal challenges. I think we're just a carryover from last week. So, yeah, I didn't do any of it. Okay, I watched a bunch of movies, but I didn't watch anything from 2022. I don't think. I, I no. think I started a couple, and mm-hmm. they were such shit that I just turned them off. But I did anything? rewatch um, Whiplash, which mm-hmm. such a good movie. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is a real mean son of a bitch in that movie. Yes. He's got a bit of a temper. But by the end, well, we don't really know what happens, but it looks like they're going to be good buddies. Maybe. Or they'll kill each other. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, what else did I want? I don't... You don't know. You know, let's just do your challenge because you (laughs) completed yours... Yeah, I, I completed it, but I actually didn't go all out as I normally did because I got distracted by other things, which we'll talk about with my pick of the pod. But um, I want to watch some Oscar nominations from this from 2022 for this coming up, uh, whatever show of Oscars. I watched a documentary called Navalny. This is about Alexei uh, Navalny who was a opposition who wanted to run against Putin, who then had an assassination attempt um, done on him and he survived. And it's basically about his investigation of trying to figure out who was responsible and everything that happened afterwards. And it's, uh, it's pretty riveting. He, he manages to, through some investigation, narrow down who he thinks about six guys who could be responsible. And then he pretty much sets up a sting operation, but he calls it a prank to call these guys on the phone and pose as somebody else and pretty much trick them into divulging all the information. And he was able to get one guy and he just spilled everything. And like, he got all this information and people who are listening are just like, holy shit. Like they can't believe that this guy is saying all this stuff on the phone. And when they hang up, they're like, well, that guy's dead now. Sounds riveting. Where is that on? Yeah. That's on Crave. Navalny. Some good stuff on Crave right now. A lot mm-hmm. of good stuff. And I also watched a one that has a f- couple nominations for sure. Let me double check here and see how many they have. Because, you know, that's important. Oh, it has six Oscar nominations. Uh, it has best picture, best directing, best screenplay, cinematography, f- film editing, and actress. And this is the movie entitled uh, Tar. 
and this has um, Kate Blanchett as a orchestra conductor. And while she's trying to complete um, her life quest or whatever of performing the Ninth Symphony or whatever of Mahler live, and um, at the same time, she's dealing with um, some sexual misconduct allegations from people who have served underneath her as assistant conductors and stuff like that. And it's just about her whole life is just starting to damn, unravel. Damn, you don't usually see the lady being the uh, accused. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you see her life kind of unravel and it is a very good performance by Kate Blanchett. I would be fine if she wins, but I would prefer to see um, Michelle Yeoh win for everything, everything and everywhere. That's because you love that movie. Yes. And, uh, but no, Kate Blanchett would be uh, certainly a, a worthy choice if they happen to go that way. So, yeah. So those are the only two that I watched. Boom. There it is. Yes. Challenge complete. Yep. And do you so, have a new challenge or are you I carrying do. over again? No. I don't. Nope. I'm, I'm done with 2022. Once this okay. podcast is over, I don't. You're never watching new, another movie from the past. Yeah. Just looking forward. Yeah. Just looking forward. Um, so I'm going to watch as many movies from 2023. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to watch. It was one of my challenges a couple of weeks back, but I changed it. Right. Pulled an audible. Um, it's going to be the original star trek series i'm gonna watch it from the motion picture all the way up to number seven six six, six uh, is the original cast Country. yeah it's number six yeah and i'll probably just throw in um, generations because it's got the og guys in it yep and uh probably end it there okay but I've seen part four and part six so many times mm-hmm. that I'll probably skip those because they're the two my two favorites. I think. Yeah, I think that's even even more than part two. Uh, yeah, two two's good, but uh, there's something about four and there's something about six that is amazing. Like, yeah, six is great. Um, like not all, not all beings keep their genitals, genitals in the same, same spot. place. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty much one of the only things I remember from that movie. Uh, and, and, uh, isn't Iman in that movie too? I think so, yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's beautiful. Like Yeah, it's a good movie. Like for a fifth sequel, like shit. Especially after what the fourth sequel was. Uh yeah, part five's not very good. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer, but it we, was, we were bamboozled by part five. But it was directed by Shatner, so how could it be bad? Well, Bill's good at a couple things. Mm. He's good at being Kirk, and he's good at appearing yeah. at Comic Cons, and and being the host of unexplained mystery shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But or Leonard, rescued nine one one. Leonard Nimoy was probably the Nimoy. Um, yeah. Uh, what was his show called uh, in the seventies? Um, that unexplained shit. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, though. that mm-hmm. shit was good. Okay, well, unlike you, I will continue my um, 
my challenge and carry it over and keep trying to watch some more Oscar nominated movies and or shorts. So maybe some you pants. Clean, are you going to clean your shorts? If I, depending on how good the movie is or how scary the movie is. Yummy. Either way. Tasty. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I did a couple ventures to the theater over the last did, couple of weeks. I did not. With, without you, I took my son to see a couple of movies. First up, we saw the newest M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong uh, thriller, oh. Knock at the Cabin, with uh, Mr. Batista. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty decent. Um, it was better than old. I mean, it's certainly not up there with some of his best, but I think it was better than old, better than Glass. Um, probably about the same level as The Visit. Yeah, The Visit was decent. Like, it's kind of a good comeback one, and it's probably good on par. Um, I didn't care for the ending. It didn't really have a twist, even though, you know, you're always expecting a twist from M. Night. Um, but it just kind of happened, and then you're just kind of sitting in it. Um Upon the ride home, my son was looking online to see the comparisons between the original novel and the the movie's ending, and we both agree he did change it from like actually quite quite uh, earlier from a certain part. It was all all different from then on out, and um, now we prefer how the novel went to the movie, but obviously he has to change things because you know he wants to make it fresh for people who have read the book so it's something new and something different for them um the original ending was a little more harsh and maybe a little more ambiguous which i would have preferred um but yeah no it's it was, you know, it's a decent watch and dave Fatisa, that guy that's can what act. I was, that's, that's what my question was going to be how yeah. is um friend he, of the he, podcast how was dave yeah. He's good. Like, yeah, that guy. That guy's got some chops. Like, he's gonna. Are you saying he might be a better actor than The Rock and John Rock. Cena? I think he's going to also just because, based on his choices, he doesn't want to just be a bruising action star. He says he wants to do some dramatic stuff and actually, you know, go for it. And he when actor. he the roles where he is a bruising bruising action star, yeah, it's in like a James Bond movie or Marvel movie, and it's yes, just really nice choices yeah and that's the thing is he doesn't seem to have a problem being a part of an ensemble when the rock always seems to have to be like the lead like the center of things everything has to revolve around him um but the yeah the batista always has like a big strong supporting cast around him so certainly probably helps elevate his craft like dave yes and so speaking of marvel the latest marvel offering opened up this friday Ant, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And uh, this is not getting very good reviews. I think critically, this is the poorest reviewed outside of maybe the Eternals. But I quite enjoyed this. Like the audience score is like in the mid 80s. And um, it's it's gorgeous to look at. Got some great special effects and action sequences. Um, there's a part where, cause they're going to the quantum realm, which basically seems like an outer space, like another planet kind of stuff. So they can pretty much create everything there. And there is a, like a restaurant or cantina place there. And it is very reminiscent to star Wars. Cause there's like the creature creation in, in the scene is 
crazy and uh very imaginative and uh fucking bill murray shows up and just is in it for like five ten minutes and kills it um jonathan majors as uh kang is going to be a really strong villain it's a really good introduction i mean yes he was in loki but uh this is a really good kind of introduction to see what we're in for um because it's going to be continually different versions of them, different variants because of the multiverse. But uh, no, it's uh, I think this was a strong entry. It kicks off phase five of the Marvel MCU. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I believe Guardians 3 is next up. So we'll see if that has any ties. But yeah, no, it's a, it was a good offering. I, th- I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the original Ant-Man, but I liked it more than the original Ant-Man and Wasp. This was a little more satisfying. Had less humor, had more of a bigger story because the director didn't want to have, seemed like the other Ant-Mans were treated as like a, a palate cleanser because there's all these heavy movies. And so then, oh, here's this light action, funny kind of um, movie to kind of, you know, ease you back into things. And this one, you know, it's it pretty heavy and good action. And yeah, it's good. Cool. And pretty sure I'm. I'm pretty sure it's a true story. So I think critics are just tired of Marvel. I think so. I mean, it could be Marvel fatigue. But yeah, I'm. I'm looking at some of the the reviews, and they're like, "Worst Marvel movie ever." I'm like, no, it's well, they've not. been they've been hitting her hard for like 15 years now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like if you don't have something that's completely new, then it's like, oh, then it's just retreading the same thing, even though it's a new story and we are developing and it's because it is all takes part in the same timeline. There's going to be some retread. And so whatever, get over it. Is Dr. Octopus in it? Uh, Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, Is. Mr. T. Yeah. I got got Mr. T's in it. Yeah. No, Mr. T's in it. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. The, um, did he? Does he pity anyone in this movie? Oh, he pities absolutely no one, except so the fools. What about the fools? There are fools. So I mean, he, he, he goes around, and he, he like he he lets them know he pities them. But I think it's almost a sarcastic pity. He doesn't really pity them because. So I, I look. I'm looking at the screen right now. Yeah. And um, my little window in the corner. Yeah. I just noticed it has my screen name. Yeah, there. I never noticed that before. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. So I pick a new screen name every time we record, and um, just so everybody knows, full disclosure, I tonight I my screen name is Time to Fuck, T I M E, two the number, and fuck like P H U C K. And by that you mean just Fuh-ha. like fuck shit up, F- fuck shit up. That's what it is, right? No, you're just no, oh shit. No, I mean it's the other way. Is it like metaphorically or? Ah, it's time. Yeah, time to. Okay, time to fahawk. Like, is it anytime soon? Is it going to be after we sign off? Or are we going to be interrupted by something? Or? Well, like we mentioned at the top of the podcast, anything goes. Any, any, anything goes. My way, your way, anything goes tonight. Yes. I could say it in the next line, but I don't want to. Panties around your knees. 
Tied um, down, tied up, tied down. Yes. Be my rubber made baby. We can do it all. Fahawk. Fahawk. Okay. Is that is that so, the character from the gentleman? Yes. Fahawk. 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 So uh yeah, I didn't see anything in the theater. I was thinking of joining you guys for knock at the cabin, but uh yeah. there was uh a late show. Wasn't it Super Bowl? No, no, because it was on a it was on a Saturday. We went it was a late show Saturday. Or was it yeah, it was a late show. Saturday it was. I do on Saturday. It was like a ten it was like it was like two Saturdays ago. So and it wouldn't have been the Super Bowl anyways, I don't think. But yeah. Uh-huh. Um, or maybe uh-huh. Anyways, I think it's time. We're moving along to, to, time to the, the theme. main event. The main drop it. Mm, drop, drop. Drop the list. Drop, drop. Time drop for drop the drop. It. Mm, put it drop. in right here. No. Me again, Misty Darling. These two wild boys are always talking about the drop. Well, this is it. This is the drop. 2022 saw many great films. The guys want to talk about these movies, and they are quite adamant that you listen. Here is the list. Flick Smack's most beloved films of 2022. Fuck, just insert that drop. Slide it in. Slide it in. Put it right in. So, yeah, the... um, This is uh, our best of 2022. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is two months into the year, but we need time to soak in all that we can. We need time to drink it in, man. Yes. You know, because sometimes uh, at the end of the year, they're only released in like two cities. And so we have to wait till the new year before they get released wide. And then we can actually watch them. So, and and if you can hear a dog barking, that's mine. Um, Oh, I hear it. Yeah. It's the neighbor's dogs outside going crazy, which is making my dog inside go crazy. So that's, that's right. happening and enjoy. Just ignore it. Just ignore it, people. Just yes, ignore just Caper ignore. or what's the other one? It, that was Mia. Mia, or yeah, Caper doesn't. Caper. Caper doesn't care. Caper's losing his hearing, so he won't hear it as much unless Caper he's actually outside. Caper don't Caper shit. Caper don't play don't, that. Caper don't need to bark. No. All right. So here's what the parameters we were doing. We decided to do a top 10 of the year and then some honorable mentions of in any order this is will be a 10 through one scenario and uh yeah this will be a definitive list this is a tough list for me to make because there's there's actually quite a few decent things i've seen this uh, year you've seen a lot more than me this year so mm-hmm. so i guess i will start why don't you Who's your number 10? Do, 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 do. So, excuse me. My number 10 is a little horror movie called Fresh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was a good idea. Uh, kind of like a new thing. Um, basically... Sebastian Stan plays a guy who imprisons women and sells their limbs off to cannibals. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just cuts off a little bit at a time. Yeah, keeps their them limbs alive. are, yeah, their limbs and flesh are like sent to people, and they're turned into like gourmet meals, and um, and it centers around um, Daisy Edgar Jones, his character, who eventually does escape. Um, Spoiler. Yeah, it's good. Sebastian Stan's pretty good. He's good. Mm-hmm. That's a, I guess that would be on Disney Plus for those who would like to watch that. Yes, sir. And I, I kind of like the the poster art. Mm-hmm. Good too. So yeah, I, yes, uh, it was pretty good. Uh, the ending got a little too maybe normal woke, meta. Um, yeah. Okay. But, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to follow your lead. And my number 10 is also a horror movie, but this one's a little more psychological. It is entitled Speak No Evil. This is a foreign film. Um, like I don't know. Dutch or something? It's Dutch or Danish. Or, yeah, Danish. I think it's, you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Danish. Um, but it is about... Um, Dutch family and a Danish family that meet on holidays and they form a friendship and then end up meeting on another holiday later on. Um, and things don't go necessarily as planned. Um, when I first saw this, I equated it to say something like, uh, the strangers, which of course is a home invasion. This is kind of like a family invasion and, it's just people seeing what they can get away with in order to make people feel uncomfortable, get people to do things that they're not necessarily comfortable with. And they've got some, you know, nefarious things on their mind in regards to like, they seem to just take over people's lives and it's just, the ending is just, just hits you like with a ton of bricks. And it's like, holy shit and then you can see where everything's going beyond that and it's just haunting and yeah it's speak no evil is good because yes there's somebody in the movie that doesn't have a tongue and uh yeah it's uh it's a pretty powerful movie very good it's on shutter for anybody who does want to see it i have yet to watch it mm-hmm. it is haunting but it is very quite a good movie Haunting. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my number nine is a movie that got a lot of fanfare. It's called Elvis, and it's about Elvis Presley and Colonel Tom Parker and kind of their relationship and kind of stylized. Um, but uh, it was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought um, Kid was good. Uh, Austin, his name? Austin Butler. Austin Butler. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. And as of tonight, as of this recording earlier tonight, he won a BAFTA for his oh, performance. Really? Yes. And that's the British Oscar. That's yeah, the British Academy of 
film, the te- television and film award, yes. So he won't win it in America. Probably not. But he could, but he won't. But, uh, yeah, it kind of showed the... Well, I don't know. It, did it really show the highs of being Elvis Presley? It kind of showed all the lows, maybe. Maybe. Kind of depressing, like... Just the way he was kind of never satisfied or... Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's and uh, being manipulated by the colonel and stuff like that. And yeah, got all fucked up, and he seemed to be like, very they, they, naive. When they, when they reenacted the '68 comeback special, like that was yeah. uh, that was a special part of the movie. Like they did a mm-hmm. bang up job of recreating that thing, and like yeah. they downloaded the soundtrack just because of that scene. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it was. It was good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, like, people just did not want anybody gyrating their hips on stage back then. Oh my God, it's so provocative. How dare you? Shit. Down you can just south. imagine. Yeah. You can just imagine what's fucking wiggling around inside those pants. All those women having like orgasms in the crowd and whatever. Yes. Mm hmm. So, my next one is a little movie that we saw entitled Vengeance. Oh, yeah. Yes, this is a directorial, feature directorial debut and script by B.J. Novak of The Office fame, Ryan Howard. And he also is the star of this movie. And he is a writer from New York who travels to a small town in Texas to try to kind of solve the murder of this girl he kind of hooked up with one time, and that but the family thought he was. No, I thought more, he was a podcaster. He wanted. He was a writer, but he was he was going to make a podcast oh, on right, this. Right, right. Yeah, that's this. This was his way of getting into this company or whatever it was to actually come up with some sort of true crime podcast based on this, and his family thinks he was actually the boyfriend of their daughter. And so they welcome him into their home and, you know, make assumptions of certain things. And he, you know, goes into the underbelly of Texas crime and the (laughs) drug runners and stuff like that. And, you know, BJ Novak does the impossible. He writes dialogue that actually makes Ashton Kutcher a good actor. Like he is, very believable at this yeah as this as a drug dealer who just you know just slick didn't give a shit and all that kind of stuff and but yeah this has got some good twists and turns just very dry humor um and but yeah it's um i hope bj writes some more stuff because if this is where he starts like i i'd like to see where he goes from here yeah for sure yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, that was good Where are we at? Number eight? Yes. My number eight is a movie called Lamb. Oh, I which, totally forgot about Lamb. Oh, my God. How did I forget to put Lamb on my list? Which, anyway. different, uh, didn't really get a wide release. I think it was open here for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found it on the interweb. Um, just a 
fucking weird like an ending you don't you're not really expecting yeah but it it's you're not expecting it but it makes a hundred percent sense like it just it's it comes out of nowhere but it's like then you're like of course of course that's what it is because it's like how else is the whole beginning going to happen if this hadn't happened and so yeah so basically it's like um, this couple live kind of in the it's iceland isn't it i think they're yeah yeah, yeah, I think they're in Iceland. Countryside or whatever. And um, they make a wild discovery in their barn. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the sheep gives birth to a... a Sheep-human hybrid. A human child with a sheep's head. Yeah. Um, and, like, they just raise this thing as, like, as a own, child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it brings them together and it's it's a very loving story and like, but yeah. it's, there's a lot of dark in it there's like yeah like you'd have to mm-hmm. um and you can tell there's something in this couple that's kind of unsettling or yeah but yeah they care for this this lamb sheep child and yeah then then the sheep's sheep's maternal or paternal father shows up and wants the child back and it's quite a quite a shocking thing Mm -hmm. uh, it's this is something that would never come out of the united states like this is this is as european horror as you can get and it's not even horror like it's just no it's almost like a fantasy like yeah folk horror maybe yeah kind of thing but yeah because there's like real no real violence or you know but Mm -hmm. i guess it's kind of like body horror in a way yeah but yeah it's uh yeah yeah it's really good it's one i Mm -hmm. was looking forward to seeing but waiting for it to come out waiting for it yeah yeah me as well and then I think it played at Eau Claire for like a week or two. Something like that. But now it's on Crave. If anybody in Canada wants to watch it, it is on Crave. Lamb, L-A-M-B, like a little yes. baby sheep. Okay, my next one is a little uh, crime drama entitled uh, The Outfit. Um, this came out earlier. This came out in about March of last year. It has Mark Rylance in the lead, who is just a phenomenal actor. Um, it's around, you know, after World War II, and he is in Chicago in the prime of gangland territory with Capone and whatnot. And he is what they say he's a tailor, but he calls himself a cutter because he actually cuts oh, the yeah, suits I and makes everything. Too. Yeah. And it's... No, his business is like a front for a mob. They they do drops there, and he just stays out of their way and does things. And then um, a rumor it's, gets out. The, the the crime lord's son is a bit of a cocksucker. Yeah, and then He's, some uh, sort of rumor gets of out about uh, about uh, you know some money being mishandled or whatever. And so then it's just like a a cat and mouse thing with 
with just words and just um, people like not trusting others. And it just goes back and forth of who's rooting, who's doing what and a great final twist. And, but it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very kind of has like um, a guy Ritchie feel. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's a pretty slick, slick movie. And yeah, like Mark Rollins is just, just so calm and subtle and, uh, but yeah, it's a great performance. Yeah, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. forgot about that one. Okay. Seven. So my number seven is something that came out at the beginning of the year. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, by no means is it a lights out fucking top notch like award winning horror movie. No, but it has got, it's got everything you want. Of, it's got a lot of good stuff going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of crazy violence, like in your face violence. Yes. Um, and it's, it's basically the text chainsaw massacre updated for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it took a while to get released because because I, I don't think, think part of anybody of... wanted to release it and then Netflix bought it. And, and then I think probably the, you know, pandemic held it up as well because they didn't know yeah. where to release it. And yeah, I think it was filmed in Estonia. Um, like for real yeah um yeah it's it's basically leatherface it's like a direct sequel i guess and yeah leatherface is now living in uh, within this ghost town within yeah that has like um this old woman living there and he's kind of lives there and yeah and uh, she's group she, of she ends up getting you know, um, hurt or whatever, and he loses his shit and yeah, fucks people yeah. up. And a bunch of like hipsters have kind of bought the city, and they want to, and they're going to bring a tour out to help uh, gentrify the whole area yeah. and make it kind yeah. of like a tourist thing. They're going to yeah. turn it into the new Austin. Yes, like and, it, and it's just a shithole town. Nothing's yeah. open. Like, and most of them don't even get off the bus. Yeah. Uh, well, they get off the bus. Yeah, the bus doesn't leave. <laughs> yeah, they don't make it out of the town on the bus. Yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, I, I thought it was, you know. Yeah. Um, people shit all over it, but mm-hmm. the, the scene in the bedroom where he fucking smashes that guy with the hammer. Yeah. And then the bus scene and, like, even the kind of penultimate scene where... um. They're kind of in that old movie theater, and they're having mm-hmm. the final fight and shit. Like, I know it's, and, it's awesome. Um, and uh, Sally Hardesty's in it. Yes, uh, the original. Um, I guess she's the lone survivor from the original, mm-hmm. and she's like, I think she died just recently, didn't she? I think so. Yeah, but she's like dedicated her life to like hunting down Leatherface and. She's like some badass, like old octogenarian. Oh, she's like a, a, a Laurie Strode kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but tougher. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's good and mm-hmm. she doesn't make it either. But 
No. Uh, and even the ending's like, shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just just give us a little one more for the, for good measure. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, number seven. Okay. I'm going to cheat a little bit with number seven. Okay. Here comes the bamboozle. I'm doing two movies because they're related. Oh, I'm I doing, know which ones you're doing. I'm doing Pearl and X. Um, because they are go together. They're an original and then they became a prequel. But, you know, I think if you're going to watch it, you would watch it Pearl X and then Maxine as it's coming out this year. Um, you know, we new friend of the podcast, Mia Goth oh. is a revelation, I love especially in Pearl. And these are po- both completely different movies. Like the first one, like X is a straight out kind of slasher, old school kind of slasher, uh, very seventies gritty feel. And then, and then Pearl is more of a character study, psychological horror, slow burn. And it just, it, that whole movie just hinges on Mia Goss performance. And she is outstanding. Like people are saying that she should have been nominated for Academy Award and she should have because, but you know, horror movies don't get any sort of clout or recognition when it comes to the Academy Awards, but she has this monologue she has a monologue where it's like a static shot on her for like 10 minutes. And it's just her and her mood swings and motion changes. And it's just a riveting, riveting monologue. And uh, yeah, these two movies are exceptional and yeah, I'm looking forward to the third part. Definitely. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. I'm keeping quiet for reasons. Yes. I'll get to uh, so my number six is um, a movie I went with you and Blaze to see um, at mm-hmm. the IMAX, mm-hmm. uh, Moon Age Daydream, the art, artful David Bowie kind of, not really a biopic or a biography. It's it's just like a, a stylized recap of... yeah the man he was like um yeah i'll just going to interrupt you for a second as it happens my number six is also moon age daydream oh okay perfect yes so um but yeah this is yeah you can interject yeah this is just it's it's a wonderful tribute it's 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 an artful tribute to an amazing artist and amazing man just shown through archive clips of his performances, of interviews, um, just like, like stock one of the footage most from old movies. Unintentionally funny, clever, like, like I've been just recently been watching like his appearances on Conan and and other talk shows and and stuff, and like he was fucking out there. Yeah, but when you like it takes you a second to like he'd say something that he thought was funny and it's like what does he mean and then you think about it and it's like yeah you know he's like a sophisticated tom waits you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he's just my only the only thing i have a problem with and i know it's like 
is I wish that the footage that they shot in the 70s wasn't so shitty. Yeah. Because the there's a lot of low lighting shit and a lot of grainy, you know what I mean? Well, well I think part of it, because it was like almost, I don't know if it was newly discovered, but it was never before seen footage. And so like sometimes, sometimes you can't, you just can't digitize film. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but this, the, the soundtrack and it was so loud and so big. Like it was just, yeah. I like it's, it's visually beautiful. Like this is the, if for the kind of artist that he was of how he changed everything about himself over and over again, how he changed the industry, how he was himself, a, how he was an icon. This is a documentary that f- is fitting for him because it, it can't be classified, right? Yeah. It's just, it's not some sort of linear story. Like, okay, when he was this age, he did that and all that kind of stuff. When he was this age and it moved him to this and it moved him to that. No, it's just. Yeah, if you're expecting like Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, you're not yeah. going to get. This is, it's a remarkable feat and a wonderful, wonderful documentary to just for an amazing talent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I've been a Bowie fan basically my whole life. Mm-hmm. And like, fucking, like, I got chills watching this fucking thing. Oh, like, yeah. I got emotional. Like, it was weird. Like, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was stunning. Yeah, and watching yeah. it on the IMAX was like, just like, yeah. You know, the chef's kiss. Fucking mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, as I said, that was my number six. So, I've already divulged. So you might as well move on to your number five. So my number five is Pearl, which you've already Ooh, mentioned. I did. Um, as far as the acting goes, way better than X. Mm. Um, like she is so fucked up. And yeah beautiful and naive and deadly and evil and yeah wholesome desperate all at this desperate all at the same time and um like her desire to be famous <laughs> absorbed by other people far mm-hmm. outweighs her her fucking um dedication and whatever to her family yeah um and like just the cringy stuff with her having a bath and her invalid dad in there and she's like kicking water at him and kind of being a mm-hmm. bitch to him and then yeah her mother just overbearing and um and just this like storm of psychotic behavior just brewing yeah um and how it ties in with x where she's still living in the same house and her mm-hmm. husband is still with her even though she he knows she's murdered all these fucking people right like <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah so good um yeah pearl pearl okay fine number my number five is another documentary about focusing on music because 
I am a huge fan of that genre. And this is Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, A Journey, A Song. And this, you know, chronicles, um, Leonard Cohen talks about his beginning of becoming, returning from poet to singer. And it's just talks about the whole time, how long it took him to write Hallelujah. And he kept, like, it was something he was teasing forever. Like, he's coming up with a song that's going to just blow people away. And it's, he's doing verse after verse. And there's there's apparently, like, like 200 verses of the song in, in, in fully. And you know when a song is good because there's so many different versions of the song that's been covered over and over again. And people just kind of cherry pick the verses they want to use in order to create the song and he's even done different versions for himself you the power of the song is every time you hear it no matter who's singing it no matter what you're hearing it's still emotional it still resonates even with this movie hearing it over and over again it's still as powerful hearing it the first time as the last time and it's a it's a wonderful tribute to an amazing canadian artist and a wonderful songwriter and the people he influenced and who have like made a living. I mean, like Jeff Buckley made, I mean, uh, you Jeff know, Buckley's died. version of hallelujah. Yeah. Is like one of the most gut punch, sad, like the chord progressions. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the perfect recording. Yeah. And it's probably, that's probably what, and along with really drew people's attention to the original was, you know, Jeff Buckley's performance and has helped it, you know, sustain for so long because, you know, people hear that version and then they go back and hear the original version. And it's such a, like a monumental song. And it, the doc, documentary is so moving and uh, such a, yeah, it's a great tribute. Cool. That is on Crave as well. If people want to see it, I'll have to check it out. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to write that down with a J. All right, moving along. So my number four is X. Oh, ties in with Pearl. Yes. And I just put X ahead because um, it's pure horror movie. Yeah. Um, a homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre with really cool stuff thrown in like a man-eating alligator crocodile it's alligator. yeah what are the ones that live in lakes alligators I think I think crocodiles yeah. I don't know I don't know whatever um, uh, Wednesday Adams is in it Wednesday Adams um what's her name um Jenna or Jenna Ortega, Ortega. Um, the Kid, Kid Cuddy's in it. Kid Cuddy's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cast is just great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like when that movie came out. I listened to a lot of podcasts and the actors talking about it, and it sounds like they had a blast. Um, yeah. Like um, Brittany Snow, uh, she mm-hmm. said that. Um. <clears throat> when they were doing that scene where they're all playing guitars um, and they were eating bologna sandwiches. She said they ate so many bologna sandwiches on set that she'd never eat another bologna sandwich again. And I just love, like, 
hearing behind the scenes stuff like that. Yeah. And like Mia Goth playing um, Pearl and what's her name. Mm-hmm. Like I Maxine. didn't even I didn't yeah. even know that until I'd watched the till after I watched the movie. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. that was her. Yeah. Um, and like just the whole like when she two old people doing sex together and like <laughs> what's her name was under the bed like having mm-hmm. to listen to this shit and yeah. Um, and it's another in your face violent um violent movie and it's uh it's perfect homage to 70s horror like it's it had a 70s feel um and yes yeah i uh yeah and those fan of director ty west knows he can do that because he achieved that in uh, another gem house of the devil where it had that kind of that old school 70s yeah. vibe. Yeah. Thing, the thing with X was there's no slow burn. Like, No, no, it's, it's there. As soon as she um, murdered the camera guy, um, the, yeah. the whole van scene or whatever, um, yeah. it just fucking escalated from there. Yeah, that's great. And like he, th- he throws in like the gore, the jump scares, uh, like the body horror with like the, mm-hmm. the pitchfork in the face and that shit. Like it's, he just did a good amalgamation of all types of shit. And yep. um, he's going to be a legend for these three movies. Like he's, oh, yeah. you know, like he's going to do something big. Um, yeah. That he's going to get noticed for. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, number three, my number, number four, no, my, number my number four, number four for is you. a movie we discussed at length last week, and that's uh, that's Bones and All. Um, ah, that, ah. and that, that came out last year, and we we it was it was my pick of the pod for God last damn week. It. <laughs> I know I feel the same way about Lamb, um, which and. Again, another Mark Rylance again is just he's just a phenomenal actor oh, and he's, he's such just a so, creep. Oh, he's so creepy. And this is like just, when he just kind of shows up randomly when they're fucking yeah. like ugh. Yeah. It's lives in a world where, you know, can cannibalism exists and it's just something people have. Like if they're like a vampire or a werewolf or something like that. It's just that's another genus of people is they are cannibals. And it's it's very well done. It's very graphic, but it's more of a romance than it is. Yeah, it's a it's horror not movie. a it's not it's got horror elements, but it's yeah. more like a coming of age like yeah, like yeah. Timothy Chalamet is like he's he's great. Like he's, he's a phenomenal actor, and he's going to be a phenomenal actor for years. And yeah, this is such a. It's one of the things that people thought was the connection, thought it was weird because the director's previous movie, he had, he did um, Call Me By Your Name, which obviously was a romance coming of age, but with uh, a gay, gay relationship Hammer. with Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. Now, Army Hammer has disappeared and been canceled. 
because of he's a cannibal cannibalist <laughs> claims and he's claiming that this movie has nothing to do with that but this is based on a novel so i can i can give him that but it just seems weird that there's that linear through the t- uh through the two movies but uh, yeah bit no this is bit a bit of a coincidence yeah very thoughtful thoughtful movie and uh yeah it's uh good it's good stuff so what am i at three Holy you're shit. at three so my number three is something you've you discussed earlier called mm-hmm. vengeance yes um just a dark comedy um um with a lot of you can tell he wrote a lot of the office because um there's a lot of that kind of comedy but kind of like quick witticisms and whatnot but kind of put in a different slow setting like texas like Mm -hmm. here's this guy who's a nobody in los angeles or wherever the character yeah yeah new york he's a nobody he's just like a He's a writer that people kind of know or whatever. But then he goes to Texas to do this thing, and he's like a huge celebrity down there. Like people yeah, just because he's from New York. Of this fucking guy, right? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it's different. Um, and you can, like, there's got to be some kind of story behind this that, you know, like a, a true story sort of that he kind of used for this. Cause that's inspiration. Order, yeah. yeah. Like I don't, it's just, it's almost too well written, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was blown away by how good it was. And you're right about Ashton Kutcher. Like maybe the guy has serious acting chops, like, yeah. you know, but if you dress like a cowboy, people are going to take you more serious, right? That that is that's true. my got, motto, anyways. That's how you gotta, I live my life. If you got a cowboy hat and a belt buckle, then you know you're going to get people's attention. Um, but yeah, and then you find out what the real story is, and you know, makes mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was good. Okay. Okay, my number three is one that has, let me see here, nine Academy Award nominations. And it is one we saw together, and it's The Banshees of Inishirin. Um, Hey, wait, that's my number two. Oh, okay, well, then we'll just bleed into that. Um, This is extremely dark subject matter dark comedy but it and played so straight um the performances are just outstanding colin farrell is just kind of this meek guy who just clings on to his friend and just can't take a hint um and just the lengths that brendan fraser goes through just to say that i've had enough of this friendship and here's what i'm willing to do to prove it to you and it is just it's devastating and funny and it's just brilliant of course martin mcdonough is a writer director in bruges three billboards um seven psychopaths just a great writer and this is just a 
a wonderful, wonderful movie. Not for everybody, but it is yeah, deadly funny. I um Colin Farrell's one of those guys that he can he can fucking captivate. Like he's yeah. that good on mm-hmm. screen. Um like name a terrible movie that he's the main guy in. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, just like he's kind of like not really the village idiot because the other guy in there is the village idiot. But yeah. He's still yeah. kind of a, like people think he's kind of slow and dopey and yeah, he's just naive and just, yeah, he just, and it's just like super nice, sensitive guy. This thing is going on between these two and, um, he's cutting his fingers off and it's escalating and nobody in the town is really concerned. Like nobody really gives a shit. Which makes you think what other shenanigans have these guys gotten into where they're just thinking, Oh, they're at it again or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's like the most fucked up friendship movie. Um, and it's dark, but like the endings kind of like, Almost, there's almost hopeful heartwarming the ending like you yeah. know like um and like it's like colin farrell's character i can't remember the character's name but like he's uh, just like he's dumbfounded by why um what's his name doesn't want to be his friend anymore and like yeah. he's he's taking it very seriously but he's not like he's not yeah. heeding um the warnings or whatever but yeah, then it I mean, takes like his donkey choking on fingers for him to finally get pissed off enough yeah. to like, oh, okay, you want to fuck around? Now okay, let's I, go. I'm going to let your house on fire. Like, <laughs> and it escalated quickly. Yes. Um, but yeah, it is so good. Yeah. Hey, my number two, since you. Uh, you know, piggybacked on my three is my first foray into Bollywood. And this is RRR, which is a huge international hit, big hit for um, Netflix. Um, RRR stands for Rise, Roar, and Revolt. It's um, a fictitious story about two real guys who led. Uh, revolutions in India against the um, British occupation and from two different sides of things. And it's a fictitious story of what would have happened if they had met and how would they have achieved the same goal. And this is three hours of just riveting action, music, and just great storytelling. Um, The action set pieces in this movie are unreal like there's a part where they this guy where a truck is going to be invading this compound and everyone's getting ready to line up and shoot this truck but then it spins and it's covered with a canvas the canvas comes off there's a guy standing on top of cages that are full of wild animals and he releases all these animals and they go and attack all these all the british (laughs) security and stuff like that and there's like 
crazy action sequences where it's one guy versus 200 and it's um, big, huge musical numbers that are just so entertaining and exciting and well choreographed and performed. Um, it only got nomination for like best song, but it should have had a foreign foreign film uh, nomination, but it, it didn't. But yeah, this was an outstanding, exciting movie. And uh, yeah, it's definitely my second favorite of the year. Okay. Yes. So my I think I, th- I think we might have the same number one. Nope. No? Nope. My number one is the Batman. Oh shit. Wow. Okay. Um, and because it There's two different kinds of Batman. There's the comic book kind of Batman who just fights villains straight up, comic book style. Then there's this Batman who is taken from more darker Batman stories, uh, more Mm -hmm. detective, more emotional type stuff. Um, More brooding yeah and i think this is like a great crime movie um the acting's good story's good colin farrell again you wouldn't even know he's the penguin yep um paul dano paul dano super turbo creep yeah um but brilliant as uh the riddler um uh, what's his name as um, as Batman there? Robert Pattinson. He's good. Yep. He's he's a good actor. He's like the anti Bruce Wayne kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's like a sad Bruce Wayne who doesn't care about money and all he's after is vengeance and you know finding out what happened to his his father and yeah um, yeah he uh, and um, What's his name as Alfred? Uh, uh, Andy Circus. Andy Circus, awesome. Um, the Batmobile's not like this, like comic book. Like it's like a fucking. It looks like monster. Fucking... It's like a. It's like a fucking. Um, like a. Uh, like a muscle car. Like a muscle car. It, it looks. It looks like Dom Toretto's car in yeah, Fast and Furious uh, movies. And uh, this way they kind of tie the story in, like, you know, I'm just waiting for a Batman movie that sucks, but that's the only Mm -hmm. thing that they seem to be able to do right at Warner Brothers when it comes to DC. Like, there's a few other movies, but, like, the Batman lineage, uh, like, Joker, Mm -hmm. Batman, um, like they, it's like they won't let Batman fail. Like be sucky, you know what I mean? Except for keep, Batman and Robin. Wow, that's yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's after Tim. Once Burton. they learned how to do it properly, then yes, they they've all been pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, like, um, and I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, of course it's gonna be Joker next because. It's kind of set up at the end of the movie or whatever. Yes. Bye. 
audience, the guy in the in the shadows. Um, in the can't Arkham. The, act, the guy, I uh, can't remember mm-hmm. the actor's name. But he's also, oh, Barry uh, Kalgan, I think. Um, yeah, Barry who's also in, also in uh, Banshees. He's the he's the village idiot in Banshees. Yeah. So yeah, um, great actor. But uh, yeah, it just kind of had a like a seven vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Gotham's rainy and dark and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, and I and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Zoe Kravitz was great as Catwoman. Yep. Get uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the bat. I can, I can, I can accept that. Yes. Well, my number one has pretty much been my number one since I've seen it, and it never got knocked off that pedestal. And that's probably the favorite, possibly certainly top two or three favorites for Academy Award Best Picture, and that's the Everything, Everywhere, All at Once um, by the Daniels. This movie just surprised me at every turn it was so inventive like had every you know every five minutes something new was happening on the screen such a wonderful storytelling just crazy you know multiverse you know you see what marvel and dc are doing multiverse this is just another look at the multiverse and how people can draw on powers and abilities from their other selves in multiverses and it's so fun Great fight choreography, great performances, so so inventive. Like you can't go wrong with hot dog fingers. Like that's just like a dimension where everybody just has hot dog fingers. It's just so bizarre, so inspired. Like these guys did um, Swiss Army Man, which is just such a brilliant, brilliant movie in the same kind of vein. But uh, yeah, no, this was such a fun, well-made movie, and it deserves all the accolades that it's been getting and yeah just loved it well that's crazy because that's my first honorable mention oh okay um i didn't love it as much as you do like it was Mm -hmm. good um like very original um that was maybe a bit too long um but no i it was good it just Mm -hmm. that's not really my thing you know Mm. Like I get, I get the whole superhero thing, um, mm-hmm. and like superpowers and stuff, but ah, I'm kind of over it. <sighs> but it was good. Like it was, yeah. um, and short rounds fucking made himself a new career. Yeah, it's coming back. Yeah, short round and data, data. Mm-hmm. So, so do you want to just honorable? Yeah, I'll just. Do you want to just rattle off and then yeah? Um, Barbarian, a movie that. You don't know what's you don't know what's happening. Um, it just kind of goes here, goes there. Um, and uh, keeps you guessing. Um, just a weird, good movie. Uh, another weird, good movie. Uh, nope. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like shit you you're not expecting. Um, I was not expecting Nope to be about a 
uh, alien being that eats people to survive mm-hmm. like a spaceship or whatever it was yeah it's a spaceship the alien the spaceship is the alien yeah yeah um uh the northman just because it was shot beautifully mm-hmm. um in any kind of time period movie like that um shot like that is is worth worth your time bones and all which i added on at the end mm-hmm. here uh and werewolf by night um i'm not really into marvel stuff as much as i used to be but werewolf by night was good it was different mm-hmm. i don't know if it, okay. you can consider it a movie but yeah, i think they call it a special but it's good yeah. it's a short film you're okay. special i know so my honorable mentions, I had Batman as an honorable mention for me. So we have that. Um, confess Fletch. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of the original Fletches, but Tom, John Hamm carries his movie. He's just effortless charm, and it's very droll, very funny. A uh, movie called uh, The Cursed, also known, I think, Eight for Silver, yeah, which is uh, a, a vampire, or not a werewolf movie, but just a weird cool different take on the whole uh, werewolf lore very very cool um we called the innocents which is a norwegian horror um any horror that involves creepy kids is going to be cool in my book it's about a group of young kids who realize when they're together they have special powers and they start using them for not necessarily good things and it's yeah it's uh, pretty good um top gun maverick that's probably one of the biggest surprises of the year for me like like the first one you know certainly it's classic and it's 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 not as good as you remember but this one this one is actually uh, is everything you wanted in a blockbuster and it's just yeah it was very good uh triangle of sadness um very good class uh, struggle type movie both of those last two are up for oscars um unbearable weight of unmerciful talent um nicholas cage that's and nicholas cage is just crazy in this movie but when you get outacted by pedro pascal you know the movie's going to be fucking good and he's just mm-hmm. so delightful in his role and one that we saw uh, very recently, and I quite enjoyed it because it was exactly what I wanted at that from that movie, and that's Violent Night. Um, mm-hmm. you know, David Harbour was so good as the badass disgruntled Santa, and uh, it just it lived up to the name of Violent Night. And uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. So yeah, those are my. I'll, I'll throw in Lamb as well, just because you know I did forget that. Um, very nice. Yes. I'm going to add two movies here that I haven't seen that I think would have the possibility of making my list had I seen them. And the first one is uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. I haven't seen that, but if I've heard it's pretty good, and you now I think it might be up my alley. And the other one is The Fablemans, which is Spielberg's new one which is about his life story and anything that's about movies and making movies is usually I'm a big fan of. So 
my list could shift based on seeing those movies. I know that for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's, it's 2022 in a 2020 in a nutshell. In a nutshell. 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 All right. Now it's time for pick a pick a pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. Show the pod that you're going to pick. Pick of the pod. Drop it. Drop it. Drop, drop, drop the drop. Hey, everybody. Quiet down, please. These two jerks have an opinion. Here is this episode's pick of the pod. Okay. So I kind of have two picks of the pod that go hand in hand. Okay. Um, one was originally a BBC series. Now it's kind of... Um, transformed into a bbc netflix series um and it's kind of like uh pokes fun at these these history of the world shows and it's called um sunk on earth and sunk on britain yeah conk on earth conk on britain um it's british comedy at its finest um like it's i can't remember the actress's name um but her name on the show is philomena kunk and mm-hmm. she's um i like she thinks she knows it, she's just pokes fun at like um like she'll it's like a Borat thing where she's talking to actual experts and asking them the most ridiculous questions about um you know like one of the things was um um King Arthur she's like can we talk about King Arthur um he came a lot and the experts like, do you mean King Arthur of Camelot? She's like, no, I think he came a lot. She's like looking at her notes and stuff, like mm-hmm. <laughs> just shit like that. Um, kind of like lowbrow humor, but done in like a a beautiful way. Like, and I think I'm only like three episodes in, and like I laugh out loud. Like, right. Um. There's just so many like dick jokes and like it's good shit. I don't know if you've watched it, but I I've only seen like little bits. Like when you kind of hover over the the series on Netflix yeah. and then it plays shows like some clips. I've I've watched some of those and yeah, they're they're pretty funny. But you know, I haven't sat down to watch it yet. But, but uh, she did um, Conk on Britain, which is you know centralized on british history um which is even it's even funnier Um, right but uh you can watch those on youtube um and conk on earth is on netflix you're on netflix that's my pick of the pod well i have two as well but they are uh completely unrelated how dare you um first one is a netflix series that just got its 
part one of season four just got released and I hadn't watched it yet. And I'd heard some decent things. And so I watched it. It's entitled you. Oh, um, yeah. That guy. With a pen Badgley from much forgot gossip girl. And he played the woodchuck mascot who Emma stone really likes and easy a. And speaking of Jeff Buckley, he played Jeff Buckley in a Jeff Buckley biopic. Um, this this has a very strong Dexter vibe, um, but he gets obsessed with women and stalks them and and gets to know them and does things for them. And if they have kind of obstacles that are getting in their own way of their happiness or getting in the way of him being able to be with them, then he kind of eliminates the issue. Um, and it's... He just... One, and then once he starts obsessing, then he kind of loses his interest and just kind of moves on to somebody else very easily. And it's very Dexter vibe because there is a continual inner monologue that's going on. That's the voiceover of what his thoughts are. And it's sometimes it's pretty funny because he's trying to not be the guy who sees somebody and then starts obsessing. He's like, nope, not doing that anymore. And... um but yeah, no, it's pretty. He has to. It's in like a new location every year because he's got to, you know, escape his his problems and stuff. But uh, it's yeah, that's kind of what I've been watching, other than trying to watch um, the Academy Award nominated movies. I was kind of obsessed with you uh, you're for a while. <laughs> yes, I'm binging you. And you're the other one, me? yes, the other one is a new series that i believe plays on peacock in the states but it's on city tv on demand in canada and it's entitled poker face oh um, um what's her name with Nat- natasha leone yeah this is f- created by ryan johnson who of course did uh, the knives out and other stuff he you know directed and wrote the some of the best episodes. star wars movie yes and um, it's basically, um, uh, kind of like a Kung Fu in, in vain of Natasha Leone has this ability to know when somebody's lying and she's just kind of is on the run. And so she's moving town to town and just happens to be in certain places at certain times when there's been a murder or something. And so she uses her abilities to be able to help solve the murder and stuff like that. And then she, picks up and moves on from move on to the next case. And it's uh yeah, every episode is contained. There might be a thin linear plot, but uh, it's pretty good. There's, I think I'm six episodes in, there should be 10 episodes this season and it's already been renewed for a second season, but yeah, no, it's uh it's pretty good. And every episode there's new guest stars and they're, they have a pretty good uh, um, guest star list uh, that keeps showing Ted up. Danson. Ted Danson. Yes. In it. Yeah, yeah. Ted Danson. And uh and uh, King Kong Bundy, and um, he's dead, you liar. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty entertaining, it's pretty uh, tongue and cheek humor. Um, it always starts off showing you the crime of what happens, and then it goes back and shows how she was involved, like where she was when everything was happening, and so you start seeing everything through her eyes and help you kind of help her kind of piece together how everything happens and yeah it's a it's pretty well made it's a it's good 
That sounds lovely. Serious. It is lovely. That sounds lovely. It's lovely. I guess that's so, it, man. Yeah, pretty much. Just uh, talk about the uh, the new theme for next week, which that's will be you. or next time, and that will be kicking off season six, ladies and gents. Um, we will be discussing our most anticipated. 2023 movie releases now to wit i am calling an audible because we should discuss what our most anticipated movie is now because by the time we record it will have passed and of course that movie for us is cocaine bear and if you're looking forward to any other movie this year then you're stupid you're stupid this is going you, to be i hate you if you don't love this movie already without even seeing it like with this premise like this this is going to be oh, i've got such high hopes this is one Fuck, of those movies fucking bear doing cocaine and ray Liotta's last movie Fuck you. yes fuck you this this movie is going to be one of two things it's going to be a cinematic masterpiece or it is going to be dog shit but it, it, I can't see how it's going to be dog shit. This thing is going to be a monumental cinematic achievement. And I, I can't even talk about it. Yeah. So I just wanted to get that out there because, because yeah, we will be seeing it before we record again. It will be part of our next podcast. So look forward to that. So basically, Cocaine Bear is eliminated off the list. Yes. What if it's something we've already seen? Do we do we just I go you, movies going forward from this point? Yeah, let's do it from going forward. Okay. Yeah, after Cocaine Bear. Yeah. So yeah, but other than that, it's I think it's apropos to say, um, we wish you a early birthday. There's oh, that yes. movie coming up. In hey, a guess what, everybody? Days. It's mm-hmm. going to be our birthdays on Tuesday. On Tuesday, it is both of our birthdays. It and that might lovely. be the day that this podcast drops. Well, there you go. So happy birthday to us on that day. Yes. I already bought myself yes. some early birthday presents. Well done. Well done. So, yeah. So I think that's about it. So until next time, this is Scott signing off for Flick Smacks. And this is... The man who made it through an episode without basing a joke on a lie. Talking about Faye Dunaway. I'm on a streak now. Yeah. And I'm Terrence. And I'm ready to go see Cocaine Bear in five days, six days. (laughs) You're Terrence, and it's time to fuck. Right. It's time to fuck. (laughs) So, toodles. Toodles.